All right, so we are back talking Yankees in this one, episode uh, 482 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. I'm your host, RJ. Um, <clears throat> so for this episode, i uh, got a lot going on. We are going to do our projections, um, you know, previewing the season in the American League East, talk about some of the American League contenders, um, and then later in the show, we will have a guest join us Um who's been on a few times before, and you could tell by the title, uh, Dom Randazzo. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. We're going to get right into it, talking Yankees for the first time in over a month and a half, I would say, um, since we had Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast on the show to talk about the offseason. But we're getting into it, man. We are just shy of um, the regular season now. It's coming up faster and faster. We're a few days into spring training now. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Uh, spring training exhibition games start up in a few days. So it's getting, you know, it's getting to that time of year. It's exciting. Spring is approaching. So we'll talk about it all. Episode 42. Let's get into it. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, Turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three! Creates and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! All right, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, episode 482 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ. And I'm going to dive into it. Uh, Again, if you've listened to the uh, episode with Greg and I, about a month or so ago, um, we talked about the off season, wrapped some things up about that. But now we're getting into the, um, you know, we're we're, we're going to start talking about the future, what's to come. Um, so if you haven't checked out, I think it was episode four sixty two uh, with Greg and I, Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast, where we recap the off season. Definitely check that out. Uh, it's on you know all the platforms. You can watch the video format on YouTube and Spotify. You can also listen to it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But um, we're getting right into it because um, I, I want to get one thing out the way because this was kind of disturbing. Holy shit. Um, <clears throat> and I'm a little late with these comments, obviously, because I haven't talked to Yankees in a bit. But about a week ago, I would say, Brian Cashman... Had some interesting comments on the postseason. Um, I'm just gonna read a, sh- you know, all the, I'm gonna read the excerpt that everyone has been talking about. Um, in quotes here, we were four games short of a World Series appearance, but it felt like the way our fan base reacted and the press that we got knocked out in the first round. So you can't really remember sometimes. Reality versus the perception. And the perception was we didn't do well. 
the reality was we had a hell of another run at it, but fell short. But that's just the New York market. That's a real quote. I can promise you that. You can look it up. Um, all you have to do is, is search Cashman's name on Google, and that will probably be the first article that comes up, and you're set. Click on it and read and have your fun. But I'm sure you've already heard this. You know, I'm sure you already know that it's real, not fake. Um, and my response is probably what everyone else's response is. Or I would hope so. <clears throat> um, it, it, like, why should we suddenly lower our expectations? Are you not the most valuable franchise in the world? Spending 200 plus million dollars on all these teams every year? Isn't that how it works with money too, right? Like, even in life in general? Like, don't we all want to bang for our buck? We want the very best value, right? Let's be real here. When we make a purchase uh, on whatever it is, say, a big 4K television, we want this thing to work to perfection, correct? Because we spent our hard-earned money on that. So if our favorite franchise is spending all this money, shouldn't they want more from what they're getting instead of being so content? It's, it's insane. Like, I, And you were not just four games shy. You were swept by the Houston Astros, your fathers, for a few years now in the ALCS. You got bent over. You got beat to a bloody pulp. The Yankees are now, uh, they're 0-4 in playoff rounds against Houston since they came over to the American League. And they are 5-13 and overall against Houston in playoff games. Which gives them, that's like a putrid 270-something win percentage. To me, and maybe it's just me, that's not something to celebrate. I mean, this is, this is the New York Yankees. This is not the Oakland A's. This is not the... Um, who was the Seattle Mariners, right? Who are allowed to celebrate things like making it because it had been 20 something years since they did so the year uh, before last season. The Mariners have never won a World Series. Shit, they've never won an ALCS before. The Baltimore Orioles were praised last season because they racked up 80 wins. Why? Because they had spent the last several seasons losing 100 games. Why are the Yankees in this category of expectation? They should never, ever, ever be saying, Hey guys, let's just be happy we got here. Be proud. Because we were only four games short. You know, we were only 36 innings of winning baseball away. It's just, it's absolutely absurd to me that people out there, or I'm sorry, that, that, the general manager of the franchise think that we could just look at the effort or look at the number 27 next to the Yankee name and say, oh, okay, cool, that's enough. We're done. We can never win again and it'll be perfectly all right because we have 27 world championships. So why even play the season then? 
Really, if you're someone who's calling Yankees fans spoiled all the time, then why would they even watch their team play? Why should our generation and our kids' generation even bother watching the Yankees if the only goal going forward should be getting to the playoffs and then being proud of losing because we've done our fair share in the past, you know, back in the 90s and back when when, when horse and buggy was a thing. So why should we even care anymore? So how long of a leash do the 27 titles get them? Tell me then. How much longer do we have to wait before we're allowed to criticize again? Another 10 years and we can jump on them? Or, or forever? We have to wait because we, we have 27. How long? When am I allowed to root for a World Series again without being called spoiled? You should all just let me know. Because apparently, having a winner's mentality has somehow become associated with being spoiled more and more over the last recent years. And that right there, the whole, the whole spoiled idea comes from the exact generation who celebrate second place trophies. And I know I sound like an old man, you don't need to tell me. But tell me as a competitor, as a competitor, if you're somehow stumbling across this podcast episode and you're a sports player, you you compete, tell me which side you think is right here. The one who wants nothing but wins? Or the one who eventually becomes content with what they have and decides to lay back on their laurels and let the others have their share. Go ahead. You tell me which mentality you'd rather carry as a competitor. Tell me. Tell me when I can root for championships again. I will wait. It's it's just annoying to me because this new age mentality really, really is rubbing off on everybody. And it seems like it's now gotten to the Yankees. Shit, I remember, I think it was after 2017 when the Yankees lost. Honestly, that was a team that overachieved. But I think it was after that year in the offseason, Cashman said something like, or it was like right before the offseason, he said the goal is World Series or bust. He's probably said that a few times over the last recent years. So there's your proof right there in the pudding that over the years, it's began to rub off on the Yankees. And you wonder why some of their own players look so content and lackadaisical at times, because I believe it's truly a trickle-down effect. Cashman, Boone, we know Boone is a softie, and it keeps going down the chain. So that's it. I'm done with that. Plenty more coming, but I, I'm, just, I'm just tired of being overly accepting of losing now. It's old. It's old. Cashman is the only he's the only GM I can think of that can sign a guy with a clunky resume like Aaron Hicks to an extension, can sign an unproven pitcher with injury history like Luis Severino to another extension, um, have none of those guys, none of them stay healthy the entire damn time, and then proceed to make trades for Joey Gallo, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Josh Donaldson, and Frankie Montes, who we'll get to now, all within a year. And then get an extension for that. It's actually hard to believe that. They re-sign him. They re-sign him for what? Why? Because one time ago he took over Gene Michaels' roster. Just like the way they hired uh, that ballist puppet Boone. Because he hit a home run once. <laughs> I, said, I, I said I was done and I kept going. 
Fuck it. Let, let, let's let's just keep ripping this asshole and let's get to the Frankie Montes stuff because that's going to be some interesting stuff to talk about. We'll talk about Montes when we return from break. Stay with us. Episode 42 of the podcast. Be right back. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. A white kid just won the dunk contest. That was a pretty good dunk contest, by the way. Um, <clears throat> episode 482. Frankie Montes is out for most of the year. Um, most. Shoulder surgery is now in the cards. I think they said he's getting on the 21st, and then he'll be back with the team. Uh, this whole thing with Frankie Montes... I, Wow. You know, the Yankees trade uh, Luis Medina, J.P. Sears, and Ken Waldachuk for Frankie Montas back in August. So they give up their only high-end pitching prospects, or at least the ones relatively close to the majors, for this guy, Montas. You can call it Pavano 2.0, uh, Sonny Gray all over again, whatever you want to label it. Not good. Uh, and also, you know, Lou Trevino was part of that deal, but he could become the next Mariano Rivera for them this season, and it still would be a flop of a trade. Um, I, I don't know what the fuck to say. I, I, now you're looking at you're looking at probably Schmidt or Herman most likely as the number five candidate in the rotation this year. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Schmidt. I, I don't see it. I don't see what everybody else. I, I know he has some electric stuff. But it's been a few years now. I feel like he's sucked at big games every time he gets an opportunity. I would rather Domingo Herman. I have always been a fan of Domingo Herman as, as a pitcher. Um, I, I think he's done very well any time that he's asked to, to spot start or start for stretches when somebody goes down. I think he's done well. I remember last year, towards the end of the summer, the Yankees were kind of on a skid. But Herman came in, stepped up for Luis Severino when he went on the injured list, and... He was doing very well for a while. Um, but, you know, let's also be real here. Frankie Montas is not coming back. He has pitched his final game as a Yankee. I think we... Let's let's shoot the shit. There is no comeback this year. And there is most likely no Montas with the Yankees next year either. Uh, I, I think he is done. Scrap it. Call it a flop. Call it whatever it is. It didn't work. He made eight starts for the team. He allowed four or more runs five times, six or more runs two times, and surrendered 46 hits across 39 and two-thirds innings. Awful. Now, I have been consistent with this. Um, You can go back and check my previous episodes. I've said in the past that when the deal happened, I liked the deal. I, I really liked the deal when it happened. But I also said... Only as a plan B, since Seattle took Luis Castillo. And I was very, very adamant on getting Castillo, and I thought 
that should have been what they what they did. It, it was something that I, I still it's something I still blame Cashman for. He had the opportunity once again to go after the big shiny new toy, Plan A, right? But he decides to take the cheaper route, hug his prospects, and go with Plan B. He chose not to go after the ace quality pitcher and chose to go after the number two, number three at the time because he wanted to hang on to his two prospects that play the same position. The same two prospects that that keep him from going after these superstar shortstops every goddamn year now, by the way. So if these two kids, Peraza and Volpe, are anything short of perennial MVP candidates... I'm going to flip out because we had, we hyped up Torres to be one. He's turned into a decent player. We hyped up Sanchez to be one. We all know how that worked. Uh, we hyped up a lot of guys, a lot of guys. Andujar, Frazier, I can go on and on. Bird, they never worked out. So that's going to be one shore of a hellfire storm if Peraza and Volpe don't exactly pan out to be the guys they're being hyped up to be. Anyways, instead of having a staple in the rotation in Luis Castillo for the next several seasons, we now have a hole there and lost, again, our only top-end pitching prospects. Two of them left-handed pitchers also. And I believe the Wesneski kid, the other high-end prospect, was also used in a deal for Scott Efros, who I also said I was concerned a bit about him getting hurt with the way he throws. And then he's out. And now he's out for next year, the upcoming season. <laughs> I had my concerns about Montez's shoulder, Efros's arm, and just like that, both of them bite us in the ass. I, I don't understand why Brian Cashman chooses to completely ignore injury problems as if they're going to go away. Um, but if Carlos Rodon is the next one to go down with his shoulder issue, if that starts barking again, how do you not fire this ass? It's going to look bad if that happens. And, you know, the Yankees, they still don't know what's wrong with this guy, Montas. They don't. They, they acquired him while he was already hurt. Bit of a red flag to me. It was it was a red flag, but you know, everyone told me to shut up. I did. And I, I talked myself into it. I liked the deal. So he pitches a few times for the Yankees, was horrendous, then went down with the shoulder issues. Again. So he was, we eventually find out, done for the final two months. He was shut down for most of the offseason, starting to ramp it back up again. And now, again, the, the issue resurfaces, and we still do not know exactly what it is. Um, and I know that surgery is supposed to be a last resort, but if you knew he probably wasn't going to be a huge impact anyway in the postseason, and if you really wanted to know what was going on, then why not just get the damn thing you know, in September or after the season? Because you knew he wasn't going to make an impact in the postseason even if he came back. He was going to be bullpen at best. But why not just get it then? Because he could have been back by July-ish if you did it then. So all in all, it was another failure by Cashman. Not surprising. However, I don't really look at Frankie Montas as a guy who was... You know, a major part of the rotation. I don't think it's that big of a hit. I think a lot of us looked at Montas and saw him as 
the number five who would have been a nice bonus to the rotation if he had figured it out. Right? There was a small possibility he, he would have. But, um, you know, I, so I still like this rotation a lot. Uh, I think Carlos Rodon paired with Garrett Cole at the top as that righty-lefty tandem could be as lethal as it gets in a big series. And, you know, this is a rotation that was already top five in ERA last season, both in the regular season and in the postseason. Um, and the two teams ab- above them in the postseason with a better ERA, two of the teams had had two games played. So it's a damn good rotation. Now you're adding Rodon to it. If he can see the health, health is the obvious concern here, right? It's if everybody can stay healthy. Severino has not made 20 starts for get 30 in five years now. Uh, Nestor Cortez got the hamstring thing going on. He'll miss the World Baseball Classic. Um, but I think at worst, he misses uh, April, some of April or, or majority of April, like maybe three or four starts. Um, but you have Rodon. Again, who's going to enter his ninth season, and he's only made 30 starts in one of them last year. I think it was the shoulder with him, right, in the past. Um, But even with the injuries last year, and they dealt with some injuries on the rotation, they were still sixth in innings pitched, and again, one of the better rotations in baseball. So... I think they should definitely try and find some more starting pitching regardless because you can never have enough. Pitching is, is very fragile today, and, and it seems like it's getting more valuable by the minute. Um, I'm not hating Trevor Bauer. Maybe call him up. Um, but even even just like search the market and maybe dangle, uh, dangle Glaber Torres around and, and see what you can get, right? Um I do want to talk about Glaber Torres. Um, he just finished up arbitration with the Yankees. And apparently he was uh, speaking with Marley Rivera. Um, and it seems like he wants to be here. She asked him if he wants an extension. And he, I think he said, like, I wish I got one or something. I say no thank you to an extension with Glaber. I, I think if you can get a high-end major league ready arm for him you do it um I don't want to say I'm over him but kind of getting there I understand he's a productive hitter to some of you but I still think he's pretty replaceable um I don't like the defense shortstop second base I don't love the defense I just feel like there are too many lapses in the field at the plate and on the bases. He's got a very, very low baseball IQ. Um, He just had, and he has, way too many lulls at the plate every season. He goes in these long slumps where he's dreadful. And it wasn't just August. For some reason, people keep saying he was only bad in one month. He has these streaks where he goes cold for two weeks, and he's just not consistent. Um... I'd rather have consi- like that. That's my biggest thing as an advocate for getting more consistency in this Yankee lineup. Glaber is just too streaky, and I feel like we need to eliminate that as much as we possibly can. There are way too many stretches where he's pulling off and swinging at garbage, pulling his head out, opening up his stance, the moving parts in his swing, just weird 
funky mechanics. You know, uh, the only thing is is that with me, he's had some good playoff moments, so I value that a lot. But not the last couple years. He's kind of disappeared. Um, so I say if he's really all that, if he's really what all you guys think he is, or a lot of you guys think he is, and if he's really, more importantly, what the Yankees think he is, this stud, then move him for a young stud of a pitcher. Let's see how good he really is. Um, I don't think he's that good. I think he's just good. That's it. And remember, you've got Peraza, you've got Volpe coming up, you've got LeMahieu and Cabrera to play the infield, so it's not like you can't figure out a way without him. Um, if Volpe and Peraza come into camp absolutely raking, maybe the Yankees look to move Glaber early. Who knows? Um, we didn't expect Gio Urshela and, and uh, Gary Sanchez to be off the team so suddenly, did we? So, I don't know. It could happen, but I think if they were to move him, it'd either be mid-season at the deadline, or um, if not at the deadline, then after the year. So, we'll see where that goes. Um, Aaron Judge was seen taking reps at first base the other day. Um, I just think that's preparation for whenever, just like down the line. Um, like a few years from now when he's 33, 34 and, you know, maybe not as agile out there in the outfield or, or maybe he's prepping to be, you know, the emergency first baseman, kind of like IKF was, um, you know, their, their emergency catcher last year. Right. I don't know. I, I don't take, I'm not taking anything crazy from that. I, I expect him to be in right field all year. Um, and some DHs of course too. Uh, left field, however, um, that that who the hell knows at this point? I, I can't tell you, man. I, it's still unaddressed, and it's late February. I've said it before. I do not want to waste Oswaldo in one spot all season. Um, I am big on him being that Zobrist type, jack-of-all-trades type of player where he can switch around the diamond and still get his 400-something-plus at-bats. But I also never want to see Aaron Hicks start another game for the Yankees again. I cannot believe we are still talking about Aaron Hicks here in 2023. It's amazing to me. I thought after the Bader deal, he was on his way out. And I'm never optimistic about that stuff. But now we've got the Yankees, these clowns, telling us that you know he's dealt with a lot, some injuries, and he still has the talent. So, and I don't buy that they're that tome depth. That's dumb. I think they're either trying to just stand strong with their ego and, you know, they don't like to admit defeat or more likely attempting to build up his value one final time. But it is pathetic. It's pretty pathetic that you hear the same exact uh, comment and narrative from the Yankees heading into every single camp every single year. It's wild to me. You could make a book of it. A book of quotes about Aaron Hicks. And if you didn't know who Aaron Hicks was, you would think that book of quotes was about a legend. But then you look up his baseball reference and you'd be like, what the fuck? I'm not getting paid after that. <laughs> um... 
the Brian Reynolds stuff has uh, you know, it quieted down for months, but I feel like that's starting to ramp up again with the news of him admitting that he wants out. Not that the Yankees are, are in this, but how do you not grab that guy? Uh, I'm all in because, again, Reynolds is the absolute plan B to me after the Benintendi news. Uh, and I don't blame the Yankees for that. I blame you know, Benintendi obviously didn't like the living situation, but I'm also blaming the Yankees. Uh, where I am blaming them is is just in terms of speaking about, in terms of grabbing impact bats, the Yankees passed on all these superstar shortstops who fit the mold of, of that high-volume contact hitter. Um, but, you know, Brian Reynolds is the absolute plan B because he's a guy who can add some consistency to the lineup with the potential to bat 300. He's done it a couple times. Um, he, he's a switch hitter, I believe. Um, he's still fairly young, and he's pretty durable. You know, I, I was looking up the amount of games he's played. He's played in 90% of all possible games since he's been in the majors. So, Lord knows we need some durability. But, yeah, the defensive setup is going to be interesting. Um, you know, I look at shortstop. Excuse me. Shortstop, right now it's a battle between, I guess, Peraza, Volpe, IKF, and maybe even Cabrera. But I think it needs to, I think everybody wants it to be Peraza on opening day regardless. Um, you know, they, they say they're going to fight it out in camp. I put no stock into spring trading, no stock whatsoever. Um, you know, Greg Bird turned into Bonds every year. Uh, you know, Higashioka was insane last spring. Um, I just think it's whatever happens, it's got to be Peraza regardless. Um, I do know that Isaiah Kinder-Falefa cannot start another game there ever again. Um, I'm done with that. I'm done with the defensive miscues. I am done with his lackluster offense. Um, I think he's an okay player to have come off the bench. You know, be a pinch hitter, a contact hitter, picks up an occasional base hit, maybe play some third on occasion. But no more everyday shortstop reps, no more everyday at-bats from IKF, please. Um, and then Anthony Volpe is obviously going to begin the year in AAA Scranton. And uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I'm expecting him to be called up eventually. And um, and I liked what I saw from Oswald Peraza last year. I did. Uh, I think he's an interesting player, and I think he's got some potential there, but we'll see. Um, but I think you got to get younger. I'm all about the youth. I'm tired of old people. I'm tired of injuries, so go with the younger players. You get as many young guys in that lineup as you can. Um, and when Volpe is ready, it's going to be fascinating to see how the infield rotation works out. Whole lot of things you can do. A really, really number of different options that you can do when Volpe gets called up. But um, I don't like jumping too far ahead. Um, so if I were to guess, opening day is most likely going to be obviously Trevino at catcher, Rizzo's at first, Torres probably at second base, Peraza's at shortstop, Donaldson will probably be unfortunately at third. Uh, and then the Mayhew will be the guy who rotates around every day for whoever sits, third base, second base, first base. Um, and again, if I'm in charge, DJ is playing third base every day, and Josh Donaldson's ass is on the bench right next to IKF. Um, but 
I'm trying to be realistic. Uh, you go to the outfield, uh, Stanton, DHing obviously, but he'll occasionally play the corners. Um, so they say. Uh, Bader, center field, Aaron Judge, right field, and then I guess left field Cabrera with Hicks as the fourth outfielder. Or maybe they do Hicks every day with Cabrera as the fourth outfielder. Uh, but it's probably going to be one of them starting. Um, they also have this Ortega journeyman. And maybe one other guy too who might make the roster at some point. But I mean, I, I don't want Hicks ever starting there. So I guess Cabrera. But I really think the right, the right thing to do is make that deal for Reynolds. This way you could be more flexible with Cabrera playing him wherever he needs to play. But um, I have a bad feeling they're going to go with Aaron Hicks. I do. Um, you know, people like to talk about X-Factors. Um, you know, those are always interesting. I, I, you know, I guess I'm looking at a few guys who were hurt last season or most of last year who could definitely impact this team pretty significantly. Do they still stay healthy this time? Uh, we'll go, we'll do like a couple from the lineup, a couple from the bullpen and a couple from the rotation. I think DJ LeMayhew could be an X factor. Um, you know, it's questionable at this point what you're getting. He is 34 years old. He's going to be 35 in June, I believe. Uh, the new contract has absolutely been off to a poor start, but if he stays healthy for once, I think he can still be a fairly productive player. You know, he can get he gets on base. Um, he racks up hits, you know, singles, some doubles, the occasional home run the other way. You know, every once in a while he'll jack on the left field too. Um, but he's a bat on the ball guy, right? You hope that he can start hitting with runners in scoring position again because situational hitting for him has uncharacteristically uncharacteristically become an issue um, the last year or so, but. Yeah, you know, when we get to these projections in a second, you'll see what I exactly expect from DJ numbers-wise. But I think he could be an X-factor for sure if he's healthy because he brings consistency to the lineup at the top of that lineup. Um, and he better be as healthy as the Yankees say. You know, they chose not to get the surgery. Um, they say he's rested and he feels fine. But who's to say it won't flare up again, the toe? Right, it's just it's again it's very curious the way they handle injuries. It's really really curious to to be nice. Um, Giancarlo Stanton is another possible X factor candidate. Um, if he is healthy, I think the Yankees dominate the East. I do, by a fair seven eight game margin, because he's that powerful and that productive when he's healthy. I understand that Stanton gets hurt a lot. And a lot of people don't like the contract. But I, I, I've kind of flipped on him. I used to hate him. And I really, I, I respect him now. And I respect him for one damn reason. For constantly being there every playoff game, every year. He shows up. He's healthy for every postseason. And he produces. I know last year he kind of slowed down. But he did give you seven RBIs. And he was one of the few bats who showed something in the Houston series. But for his Yankees career, Stanton bats 260 with a 963 OPS, 11 home runs, 24 RBIs in 27 games. 
I mean, really? Let's start respecting him a little more for producing when it really only matters. So I'm fine with Stan. I like him. Because the Yankees have shown every year they're capable of winning the division without him in the regular season. Like, that's fine with me. They're capable of doing that. But come playoff time, Stanton's here. He's on the field, and he's usually pretty productive for us. So I'm looking at him as an X-factor, because if he's healthy, the Yankees might win 100-plus games again. Um, we'll go to the bullpen. Uh, Michael King, obviously another one who was injured last year. He was so dominant at the start of the season. Um, he was their best relief pitcher. He and Holmes were a dominant one-two King was a guy who'd go out there and throw you two, sometimes three innings, and then he goes down with the injury. Shit kind of hit the fan from there. Um, and I, So I, I think if he's healthy, that's a staple in the pen, and there's your go-to guy right there in the six, seven inning, wherever you need him, really, whenever you need him in the game. Um, and I guess Clay Holmes is another guy you could staple in, in, in that. Um, I guess he's going to be their closer, obviously, with, with Chapman's ass gone. Um, and I think he showed some, I, I know he wasn't the same down the ladder of the season, but he did produce in the playoffs. He, they gave him a couple of, I don't know, maybe made like two or three appearances and he looked pretty good. Um, and I think he'll be okay. Uh, for some reason, I think it was just, I don't know what it is. I, I hope that he's okay. Um, I hope that he's healthy because a lot of, from what I remember, a lot of his issues was that like his ball was tailing left up and left. Um, but I think that, I don't know, we'll see, but if he's on again, that's, that's another X factor. Cause you got a guy who was pitching to like a freaking 0.25 ERA at some point. Um, and then in the rotation, I would say Severino, right? He's entering a contract year. Um, so if he's healthy, if is a big giant word with Sevy, um, I, I think you could see a motivated Luis Severino with, with electric stuff. Um, but it's always the if with Seve, right? Uh, and Josh Donaldson, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what bothers me about the Josh Donaldson, Josh Donaldson thing? It's really insane to hear Aaron Boone speak about Donaldson like he's this 26-year-old who simply just had a down season. He's talking about him like he just had a lost year. Like, he's this guy entering his prime. Like, this guy is 37, I believe. He's 37 years old now. <clears throat> he's been in professional baseball since 2007 when he was in Chicago's system. He debuted in 2010. He's been here a while. He's 37. That's it. Simple. That's it. It's nothing else. I mean, the way this guy talks about Donaldson, it's like it's a mystery. As to why he struggled so much last year. <clears throat> it's amazing. <laughs> it's age. Age happens. It happens to every athlete. I'm not mad at Donaldson for being old. I'm mad at the Yankees for refusing to give up on him. And making that stupid deal to begin with. Um, his timing is just not there anymore. His bat speed. Defensively, sure. Uh, he brings a good third base. But he brings you no consistency offensively. You know, he strikes out looking at fastballs. He's waving at pitches. and I'm just tired of watching him. Tired of it. But um, we're going to get to our projections. Um, so what I did is just 
went through the roster, went up and down, you know, gave my own little zips projections of, of uh, some of these Yankees. And um, after that, we'll, we'll kind of preview the American League East, talk about the American League a little bit. And then from there, we will get to the other portion of this episode where uh, Dom joins us and we talk about some over-unders and, other, and uh, the off-season and other things. So we'll head to break, come back, and we'll get to our projections. Stay with us. Be right back. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to BD4blog.com. All right. So welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 482 of the podcast. Uh, so we're going to run through them. We're not really going to dive too deep. We're just going to list them off. I've got Jose Trevino batting 240 with a 662 OPS, 12 home runs and 51 RBIs. Anthony Rizzo batting 241 with an 831 OPS, hitting 29 home runs with 72 RBIs. I think the shift going away will help his average a little bit. Um, Glaber Torres, I've got him similar type of season, 259 batting average, a 770 OPS. 22 home runs, 80 RBIs. This is just assuming everybody plays every day. Um, Oswald Peraza, 282 average, 717 OPS, 16 home runs, 62 RBIs. That would be a solid rookie season, an okay rookie season if he stays healthy. DJ LeMayu, 279 batting average, 773 OPS, 15 home runs, and 67 RBIs. Um, so I think, you know, that's productive, right? If he gives you that, I'll take it. If he's healthy and gives you numbers like that, I will take it. That's a solid, you know, number, you know, whether, whether he's the number one batter or he bats sixth. Um, Josh Donaldson, I've got, <laughs> I think I hit the wrong button, 271, but I, I meant to put 221. Uh, 221 for Josh Donaldson with his 656 OPS. 14 home runs and 62 RBIs. Um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, 256 batting average, a 639 OPS, three home runs and 44 RBIs because I don't expect him to start, and I just don't think he's that good. Um, I think he's okay. Oswaldo Cabrera, 266 average, 781 OPS, 17 home runs and 71 RBIs. I think he's going to be solid, you know? I think he'll be solid. That might be a little too optimistic, probably, but who cares? Aaron Hicks, I've got batting 212, 647 OPS, 9 home runs, and 49 RBIs. I hope he's not playing enough games to get 9 home runs and 49 RBIs, but again, I have a bad feeling we'll see him out there. Uh, Harrison Bader, 247 average, 701 OPS, 18 home runs, and 62 ribbies. I don't know. I feel like Bader's going to run into some power here. Um, I think he'll be productive to a degree. I do. Um, and again, he showed up in the playoffs last year, so that's all I give a shit about in the end. Uh, Aaron Judge, I think, obviously he's going to regress. Uh, but I've got him batting 292 with a 998 OPS, 44 home runs, and 118 RBIs. That would be very, very good. Um, Giancarlo Stanton, um, 252 average, 887 OPS, 37 home runs, and 100 RBIs. 
I think he's got one or two more very productive seasons in him. Uh, he's just got to stay healthy. As we get to the rotation, um, Garrett Cole. I've got him going 14 and 6, uh, 325 ERA, 209 and two thirds innings pitch, and 267 strikeouts. He's going to strike out everybody. Um, he has struggled the last couple of regular seasons more than he usually should. Um, you know, he has a little too many blow up starts where he gives up the home run ball. We know that. But in the end, if he gives you these types of numbers and shows up in October like he has done as a Yankee, I am fine. Carlos Rodon, 12 and 7 win loss, a 3.10 ERA, 172 in the third innings, and 229 strikeouts. I think he'll be very good. Um, Nestor Cortez, one, uh, 13 5 record, um, 3.15 ERA, 159 innings, and 160 Ks. think he won't be. Y'all, Giving you a 2-4-4, but he'll still be very good. Um, Luis Severino, 11-5 with a 3.49, 150.2 innings, and 170 Ks. That's good, solid number three numbers. Um, just got to stay healthy. But I could see a world where he really, if he stays healthy, where he's really motivated, like I said, and gives you more. Domingo Herman, who I expect to be the number five. I've got going 10 and 8 with a 4.10 ERA and um, a 125 in a third innings pitched with 112 strikeouts. I think will be solid. In the bullpen, Clark Schmidt, 340 ERA, 60 innings, 60 Ks. Michael King, 3.26 ERA, 58.2 innings, 65 Ks. Johnny Lasagna, 3.29 ERA. 59 in the third innings, 52 Ks. Wandy Peralta, 3.69 ERA with one, I'm sorry, with uh, 52.2 innings and 42 strikeouts. Lou Trevino, 3.72 ERA, 62 in the third innings, 69 Ks. Tommy Canley, almost forgot about him. I don't know that you're going to get much. Uh, I gave him a 4.24 ERA, 57 in the third innings, 52 Ks. Ron Marinaccio, who I keep forgetting about him too. He was very consistent all year. Um, the injury was unfortunate. 292 ERA, 60 innings, 64 Ks. I think he'll be their best bullpen arm. Albert Abreu, if he pitches, gives you a 420, 42 in the third innings, 49 Ks. Clay Holmes, 301 ERA, 64 in the third innings, 61 strikeouts, 29 saves. So those are the projections for the players. Um, yeah. As far as the American League East goes, I've got in last place the Orioles at 79 and 83. I've got fourth place the Tampa Bay Rays at 85 and 77. I've got the Red Sox in third place 86 and 76. I've got the Blue Jays taking the first wild card there. Right behind the Yankees at 94 and 68. And the Yankees will win the division at 97 and 65. Um, going back down to second place, Toronto. I, you know, this offseason, I heard they moved the fences in, so that could help. 
Um, Teoscar Hernandez is gone, which I found very interesting. He had some good moments against the Yankees. Um, good player. They added the kid from Arizona, though, who smacked almost 30 home runs last year with them. Uh, Chad Green was added to their bullpen on a two-year contract. Mattingly became their bench coach. That hurts. Um, that's really going to add fuel to the rivalry, man. Because we hate them, you know. It's going to be interesting. Kiermeyer now off the race and onto the Jays. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think they make it tough for the Yankees. Uh, they're a young team. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, they're cocky. They've got a swagger to them. But they might, I don't think they're ready yet. I don't love their pitching. Um, but, you know, they won't go away. Boston, I've got going to third place. Uh, they obviously lost Bogarts. But they did grab Masataka Yoshida for their outfield. Uh, they signed some relief pitching. Uh, Sale and Kluber. <laughs> Sale and Kluber will be in their rotation, uh, which I just find absolutely comical. Uh, enjoy those eight combined starts, if even. Um, so I think they definitely get better, for sure. It's hard to get worse than they were last year, but, you know, nothing more than a wild card team, if that. Uh, Tampa Bay, I got coming in fourth place. They didn't add much. Uh, a couple small pitching moves. They lost G-Man Choi, who was, surprised me because he killed the Yankees a few times. Uh, maybe Wander Franco develops. But I think overall they're more of the same. Uh, not as much a threat as Toronto and, and maybe Boston. Um, so Toronto jumps them. Or Toronto already jumped them last year. But you know they're still going to be around the race. They're pesky. Baltimore, fifth place. Uh, they made a nice run at it last year. Came up just short of the wild card. A uh, lot of young prospects developing, uh, the catcher. Uh, but they have some other guys, too. Uh, they brought in Adam Frazier, veteran lefty contact bat. Um, Kyle Gibson added to their rotation, uh, you know, journeyman starter. Um, the Jake Cave acquisition. He's a former Yankee outfield prospect. Um, some pop in the bat, I guess. But, you know, I, I think more the same for Baltimore, maybe a little worse. But they're, they're still a few years away, but they will get pretty decent soon. I think they've got something uh, brewing. Um, I also wouldn't be shocked if they turned some heads this year and overachieved again, though. So just keep an eye out. But I'm going to say for now, fifth place. Um, and then some other threats in the American League, obviously Houston. They, they're the team to beat. Um, Verlander, no Verlander, it does not matter because they will plug in the next stud and he'll shove. Um, Alvarez, I think, could be primed for an MVP season. Um, they added Jose Abreu, which was a sneaky good acquisition. Um, they do it right, by the way, man. They add these guys who can hit. Abreu obviously has power, 30 homers, 100-plus RBIs, but he gets on base, he bats for average, and he can make solid contact. Um, so I think they win the American League again. Uh, I would say they finish the American League on top with 103 wins, maybe. 100-something wins. We'll say 100-plus. Uh, the Guardians probably be a threat in the American League again. More the same, though. You know, contact machines over there. They're pesky. Um, they needed some power, so they added Josh Bell. Another contact hitter who can slug, um, but nothing threatening to me. You know, I never take them serious, much like the Twins, uh, who, after all that, 
are back with Carlos Correa, um, the family he abandoned. Um, they added Joey Gallo. <laughs> Gary's gone, so I guess it just equals out. Uh, Buxton is very good, uh, but they did add Pablo Lopez to bolster their rotation. I was so disappointed seeing Luis Arias go. The guy just won the batting crown. He's a perfect contact guy to lead off a game with. It reminds me of a Jose Altuve type. Um, and the Yankees never even made a call or, or had a thought about the damn guy. Pathetic. He literally, he literally could have helped them balance out lot, that lineup with, with contact. Contact. You know, add more contact. Get rid of that garbage three-outcome approach. A guy like Arias would have been perfect. You know, but... They get Pablo Lopez out of him. Uh, they also added Bundy and Gray to their rotation too, to middling arms. Uh, you know, uh, and then lastly, you know, they got the center fielder from Kansas City, and they got kid from Boston, Christian Vasquez, who's probably going to work well with their staff. But you know, again, it, it's the Twins. The Yankees own the Twins. Um, Seattle could also be a sleeper this season. A full year of Castillo. Uh, Julio is going to be coming off the WBC in a great first season. Um, they could be right there, right under Houston as that next threat. But um, those are our, you know, th- that's our little American League preview. Those are our projections. Those are our thoughts on what we think is going to happen this season and all that. So with that all said, let's get to break, come back with a question of the day. And then after that, we'll get to our other segment where we get with Dom to talk about um, some over-unders and, and, you know, some bets that we're going to make heading into the season. Stay with us. Be right back. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. Let's wrap this up with our trivia. Right, episode 482 here. Our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day is Across his 19 year career, how many times did Yogi Berra have 40 or more strikeouts in a single season? Across his 19 year career, how many times did Yogi Berra have 40 or more strikeouts in a single season? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout out on the next show. Across his 19-year career, how many times did Yogi Berra have 40 or more strikeouts in a single season? So with that all said, I appreciate you stopping by. And let's get into the next portion 
the final portion of the show here, episode 482 with Dom Randazzo. We're just going to be previewing the Yanks season, doing some over-under. So hope you guys enjoy. Let's get to it. How many bets did you pick? How many bets? Um, well, I just made like six, just in case, you know, we did the same pick on one. Yeah. But I figured you'd do, you'd like read three and I'll read three. Um, I have one that could be two. And then yeah, have- we'll figure it all out. Who cares? Did you, um, <laughs> did you see the three point contest last night? I saw the three point. Yeah, that's did when I started see- watching. I didn't watch the skills. I didn't. I didn't watch the three point, but I saw the highlights the next morning. I don't know why the fuck they put Randall in there. Yeah, I think he was a replacement for Anthony yeah. Simons. But why would you put a big man in there? I don't know. They just needed somebody. I guess embarrassing. Um, and the dunk contest was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was good. They got saved by the white man. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> the fucking um, the G Leaguer actually. The, the slave owner. <laughs> yeah. yeah All funny. right. <clears throat> and then uh, I'm not. Even, I'm not even gonna watch the um the All Star game because I I have no interest in that. Um, I might watch a little bit of it. No, not me. It's when, not real when, basketball. When when is the NBA come back? Like I'll check. I think Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Let me see here. Yeah, Thursday. Are you excited? For the NBA? For for fucking the Suns. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. He's gonna play on, on Friday, so we'll see how He's it goes. Play on Friday. Yeah. I mean they moved it to ESPN. So yeah. They definitely told him he's playing, or else they wouldn't do that. That team, if they're healthy, is going to the fucking finals. I'm telling you right now. We'll see. No, you've got Kevin Durant. All right. Um, so I before we get to like the over-unders and everything. I don't I I think I sent you this a while like I don't know, maybe a week back. But did you see the um, Cashman's comments about the postseason? Mm, I don't think so. What do you say? So I was reading an article, and he goes, he was talking to some to some reporter, and he goes, um, basically says, uh, and you can look it up. The Yankees were only four games short, and he thought the fans overreacted, uh, <laughs> and he said that they had a hell of another run. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was, I was just. Uh, I mean, I yeah. can't believe the GM of your team is saying that. Um, but I kind of wanted to start off with that and just <laughs> get get your thoughts on on that. There was no run. I mean, they barely beat the Cleveland baseball. Team. Basically, what he's saying is we won Not the first round. Yeah, that's that's embarrassing. Like they tactically made it to the ALCS, which. Is usually seen as good, but they didn't even come close to winning a, a, a game. So, like, they basically didn't even make it to the yeah. ALCS. They barely beat, a and they barely, game. right? They barely beat a fake baseball team. So, I I just found that very humorous. Um, yeah, but it it just it speaks a lot of volumes 
of just like where the Yankees are. Yeah, it's not great that he's saying that. And he got a contract extension like right before that too, which is not good. Yeah, I mean he's he's like he's the only GM who can fucking trade for Gallo, Montez, and Sonny Gray. Donaldson and IKF within a year and then get an extension for it. Yeah. Uh, if you put him like on like the Royals like a budget team, like the D-backs, his, his roster would be atrocious. I Yeah, I mean, I just think he's had a good career, but uh, there's mm-hmm. always a time to move on. And, you know, I think he's only here because he, once upon a time, he took over Gene Michael's roster in the 90s. So I think Hal is scared because they, like, he knows that with Brian, they're competitive every year. I think he's scared to to fire him and bring somebody else in, and that person like Thanks. fucks up, and they become like like a mediocre team. Yeah, that's what I think is going on. I think how scared to fire him. Well, even they're, also, they're also very close, like their families. So I don't see it ever happening. Um, no. And then the Frankie Montas injury, which. I don't I mean I don't I don't really see that as significant whatsoever. Um either. I, I don't care. Um but it is pretty bad. Like you could have gotten Luis Castillo and you chose to hug, you know, your your top prospects. But like how do they not know like this the guy had the show he he was injured while they acquired him. Yeah, he was injured. Still don't know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, so I think he might have made like I don't know. I think he he made like maybe like ten or twelve stars for the A's to start the year, and then he had the shoulder stuff. Yeah, for like a month or whatever, and then I think he came back for like two starts for the A's, and then Brian traded for him, and he was still injured, obviously. Um, yeah. and then he got injured more again. And then he came back and was a disaster, and now he's done for the year, basically. Oh, he's not coming. He's not pitching another no pitch in the Yankee uniform. No, which he's yeah, probably... I don't really care because he sucks. So it doesn't no, he, really yeah, matter. I, I think Herman, most of us. Herman is like the same. Yeah, yeah he's gonna. Whoops, hold on. Um, he's gonna fucking um. Herman is probably just gonna be the number five for now, yeah. which you know the rest of the rotation. I I I think it's. Good. I don't. I don't have an issue with it. Um, I mean, we got through the season last year, top five in, in ERA. Um, and if it's just about health to me, because they fucking you know Rodon is good as he is. He's had shoulder issues, I believe, in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Severino, I don't think he's ever made thirty starts since his what first season, second season. So there are Sorry. injury concerns. Um. But what are your thoughts on the rotation overall? Like, I still think they'll be fine in the regular season. I, I still think the rotation is not the main issue. Yeah, I don't think the rotation is has been the issue for the last several years. I think it's better than it has been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's all health. You know, Cole is going to go out there and pitch, pitch every start, and he'll throw six innings every time. He'll give up a lot of home runs. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Rodon's health and Severino's health are like the main X factors. 
And um and you know, if I think, Cortez has regression or not. Yeah, I think Cortez is also hurt, but I think he'll be back, you know, mid April, maybe the latest. But um yeah, it's like I say, it's fine. I don't have an issue with it because Cole usually shows up when it matters in the playoffs. And that's you know, at the end of the day, that's all I really give a shit about. Um, they're going to win the division. Um I don't know. The, Glaber Torres, like he was recently in an interview and he was like, I guess, upset that he didn't get an extension, which I saw is that. interesting because he's not, he's not due good until next year. Um, <laughs> I would, I, I, me personally, I'm kind of over him. I would trade him for yeah. a pitcher as soon as I could. Um, you got young prospects coming up in the middle infield anyway. If you can try to get some value out of him, um, I think now is the best time because he had somewhat of a bounce back year. Um, so what are your thoughts? I would tra- or- yeah, I would I would trade him for if you could get like a decent <clears throat> bat and like a bullpen arm for him. Yeah. Because you can't have – you know that people in the bullpen are going to get injured this year. Like you just yes. know it's going to happen. You can't have uh, – Clark Schmidt, no pitching in the ALCS, no. You know I, no. <laughs> I fucking, I totally forgot about um Michael King. I think he's supposed mm-hmm. to be back, so yeah, that's a plus. Uh, but they also don't have Efros. Um, he's out yeah. for the year. I think. Yeah, um, I think he did. That was another. Like one of their one of the Yankees' high end prospects was in that deal, like their pitching process. So Cashman got rid of all his high end pitching prospects, which is kind of scary now because now if anybody goes down, we're gonna have to use Schmidt, um, who I'm not high on. But I believe back though. Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about left field now because that's Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's kind of still unaddressed. Um. I don't, I don't feel optimistic that they're going to go after Reynolds because that's kind of quieted nah. down. Um, yeah, that's done. So, what what do you think they should do there? I think the outfield is going to be Bader Judge every day, and then I think the left field is going to be. I think, I think, uh, what the hell's his name? Cabrera. Cabrera is going to play there like most of the days. And then I think some days Hicks will play left field. Yeah. I I, I, think, my thing, I think what they should do is they should have gotten somebody. Well, yeah. I mean, that would, be, that would have been nice. Um, I I don't want, I mean, I don't, and I never want to see Hicks play another game, but nah, I also, I, I, yeah, but I don't want to waste Cabrera in one spot. I feel like he's a guy who's, probably best just like rotating around the diamond. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know how he's going to be as an everyday player. Um, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do there. Um, they really should have just mm-hmm. got Reynolds. They should get him. Or they um, should have re-signed Ben Attendee. They sh- Yeah, but I heard he doesn't like playing in New York. So I don't know how that whole thing went down. Maybe they'll trade for somebody again. Maybe they can get Gallo back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Gallo's with Minnesota. That'd be nice. Um, maybe Gallo, you know, Gary was working out in a Yankee shirt the other day, so maybe oh, we could get him great. back. Oh yeah, yeah. Get the get the band the crack, back together. The Kraken. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While we're at it, he should sign Greg Bird. Greg Bird. You know, he came into camp with them last year. I totally forgot. And we made an over-under on him playing, I think, 19 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, playing zero. Um, so what about, like, shortstop, third base, second base? Who do you have there opening day? I think DJ's going to play. Where? I think the shortstop's probably going to be Falafa. You think you think IKF will start? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think they're going to do the service time bullshit with uh, – what's his name? Barraza. Um, second base will be Torres. But I think if DJ's healthy, he's going to play every day. But okay, so so you think Donaldson's sitting, or do you think DJ will just rotate around second and third, and Donaldson will start third? I don't, I don't know. I think one of the two guys is going to start at sh- at short every day, and I think Torres is going to going to play second every day, and yeah. I I think DJ is going to play most days at third base. There's no way after how bad Donaldson was last year, you can just play him every day this year. Like there's just no way you. When Mayhew's healthy, he can hit three twenty. I don't know that he can do that now, but he could still be good. Right, Donaldson cannot be good. Yeah, I agree. But did you hear like like all? All the things they're saying about fucking Josh Donaldson, it, it's as if he's like some 25-year-old who just had a bad year. Like, he's 37 years old, but they're talking about him like he's going to bounce back. So I think I think what they're going to do is go Donaldson over there. I think I think Torres is a lock at second, and I think Peraza should be the starting shortstop. Um, should be. I don't, I don't know, know if he will. But, and then they've got Volpe eventually, I'm thinking, comes up. That's when you should probably trade Torres, but I agree. I don't. I think, you know, Did things you would have been so much easier if they would have just went after one of the top shortstops on the market. Did but, you uh, see that Machado is gonna? He's opting out after this year. Yeah, I, I saw that. They should sign him. Yeah, they should. They should. Um, it's gonna but, be a ton of money though, because he's still only like he's not he's even twenties, right? Let me see. Maybe he's 30. He's 30 right now. So he'll he's probably in the middle of his prime. So next season, he turns 31 on July 6th. So he'll be 31 next season. So he'll probably get a 10-year contract for like $300 million. Yeah, they should. I mean, if they were smart, they would do that. But they won't. again, they, they're focusing way too much on their prospects, which they don't usually pan out. Um, no. All right. Uh, just give me one second here. I need to figure this out. All right. They should just yeah. They should sign Machado and have him play third base, and then um, yeah, have Volpe or Peraza play shortstop. Yeah, I mean they should. One of them's gonna. One of the two prospects are either going to be traded or just move their position. Play. Yeah, they're gonna move them, but. Um, do you have any like X factors for the year? 
X factor for this season. <laughs> I would say. I don't think so. The regular yeah. doesn't mean shit. I would say if either DJ or Stanton are healthy, they could make the Yankees win the division pretty dominantly. I don't yeah. know. I guess I'll say Peraza or Volpe. Yeah. One of them can help with the postseason. Like if one of them comes up, I think Peraza is going to make the roster opening day. But if yeah. either him or Volpe like, turns out to be really good, that can like, be an extra in the playoffs. Speaking of like shortstop, and, uh, I want to get to my first over-under I've got here. Okay. Um, so last season – Donaldson, Hicks, and IKF combined for 404 games. 404? Um, last year. I'm going to set that number this year between Donaldson, Hicks, and IKF at 209 and a half. 209.5? Combined games between the three of them. And you said last year was 400? Yes, 404. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can't see all of them playing again. Side. So I need your over under on that. I'll take whatever you don't. Hicks and Falefa. Two hundred and nine games. Is that game started or just games? Games played. Okay. Oh man. I'll take the over on that. Two oh nine. All right. I'm gonna take the under then. I there's no way they're gonna play all three of them. I'm I, there's no fucking way they can do that and sell that to the fan base. I think they will. I think that I think we're gonna get cocked with all three of those guys. Jesus Christ. All right. Um I've got I'll read the rest of mine and then you can go over I could, yours. I could see one of those guys or two alone hitting that number. I could see Philippa easily playing hundred games and Donaldson. Mm. All right. But it shouldn't happen, but it I think it will. What about uh, Luis Severino in a contract year, 139 and a half innings pitched? I'm writing these down. Um, 139 and a half. Let's see. Let me, I'm going to do some math here. 140 divided by, say he makes 23 starts times five and a half. Mm. <laughs> That's tough. tough. Twenty-five stars times five and a half. Oh, I'll go under. I'm gonna take the over. I think it's a contract year. He's gonna be motivated. <laughs> I think. Yeah. All right. Um, I've got Peraza ten ten and a half home runs. Peraza ten point five home runs. Peraza. Oh man. I go over on that. Okay. So did I. How okay. about um all right, one more and then you can read yours. <clears throat> um the Yankees over under two and a half wins against the Astros this year in the regular season. They play them seven times. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one. Oh wow. Um Jesus Christ. 
that's a tough one. I feel like the Ver no more Verlander is like a big factor on that because they don't hit him. I don't think but I don't they think that makes sense. The oh, two the next guy. I'll take the over. Okay. I, I feel like they three wins. No. I'll take the under on that. Um me over. Do you have any? All right, my bets. Yeah. Um. Okay, this one can be done. Uh, let's see. Which one do you want to do? Do you want to do better ERA, Cole or Rodone? Or we could do uh, just Rodone ERA over under. Um. Second one. Radon ERA over under? Yeah, sure. All right. We need to set a number. I was thinking like 3.3. Okay. I have him. So I did my projections earlier. I'm going to put that out in this episode. I did 3.11. So I'm going to take the over. Okay. You're taking the over? Yeah. I'm going to have a, like he's a post of 3.11 or something. I said 3.3. Yeah, he'll post. That means I'll be over. You said 3.1. 3.11. Right, I said 3.3. You mean 330? Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant 303. No, 3.3. Okay. okay, so I'm taking the under. Okay, I was going to say over. Okay. Do you think, okay. Do you think he's going to implode? <laughs> okay. That's not imploding. I mean, Cole's last year was what, like three? Yeah, but he had a two and a half last year. Yeah, that's true. But it's an entire run. All right, over me. Okay. Uh, next one: the Volpe games played. Oh shit! Um, do you have a number? No, no. <laughs> we need to pick one. Um, I was like, like twenty and a half. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over. I was too. Do you want to increase it? Put it, yeah, increase it. Twenty-eight and a half. Yeah, I'll still go over. Twenty-eight. I'm going over. Hmm. That's tough. <laughs> I think he'll be there by June, July. So I think I'm gonna go over. All right, I'll go under. What did we say? 28 and a half? Yeah. Me, under, Rob, over. All right. My next one is Clay Holmes hit batters. Oh, shit. <laughs> he had nine last year. And they all came in like the second half. <laughs> um, oof. Are you going nine? No, I was going to put the number lower than that. Okay. Where do you want it to be? Six and a half? Yeah, it's a good number. I say under. Six and a half. Yeah, I'm also going to go under. All right. Then scrap that one. Yeah. All right. Rizzo home runs. 29 and a half. God damn. That's tough. Um, I'm going to say slightly under. Uh, I was going to say under too. <laughs> yeah. All right, those are all the ones I came up with. <laughs> all right. I have one more. 
Um, Torres moved by the deadline. Torres Oh, that's tough. I say no. Yeah, I had no. Okay. So we have about what six ish? I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Good. That's good. All right. Um, before we wrap it up, what do you have the American League East standings looking like from first to fifth? I haven't even thought about this. I've got Yankees, Toronto, Boston, Tampa, Baltimore. Yeah. Mm, I think mm, Yankees, Toronto, Tampa, Baltimore, Red Sox. Yankees, Toronto, Tampa. You think Boston's going to come in last again? Yeah. Okay. They got the kid from Japan. He might be the next Babe Ruth. Do they have any pitching? I they, they, oh. they they've got sale and Kluber. That's what they've got. Great. Yeah. All right. Um I think that's it. And they um, have Devers, that's about it. Devers, which he could easily go off. Um Yeah. And then Houston I, I still have Houston taking the uh, taking the American League. Yeah, I mean I would I would I wonder what the odds for that are. I'm sure it's the first one. Probably great odds right now to get. I wonder if you can even bet on that for them to win right now. Yeah. Probably great odds, which it's probably taking. It's going to be the same shit. We all know it. Um, The the Yankees will win the East. They'll get to the playoffs. They'll beat some team they usually beat, like Minnesota or Cleveland or maybe Seattle. And then they'll run into fucking Houston. Um, and they'll, they'll throw their pitchers at us and they'll strike out all the time. And I, I think I'm looking at Aaron Judge. He needs to step it up in the playoffs. No That's shit. it. Simple. Yeah. What's his average now? Like, like 211? Two... Yeah. It's horrible. Nobody pays attention to that. They all want to talk about the 60 home runs, which I don't care about anymore. <laughs> as soon as the calendar flips to October, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Yeah, they got a hit, which is, yeah. All right, man. I got to go. Um, I appreciate you coming in. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, Thank you. I'll tidy this up, and I'll send you a screenshot of the bet so we have them. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Later, bro.